0: you have the uh, tragedy of the Miraglam. And um, because of that, uh, we have Tisha basically. So the problem is, there's many problems, but the kasha that I want to start with is that if you look in the Haftorah, it begins, It mm-hmm. begins, so what is Yeshua sending spies? He himself was aware of the, the debacle that sending spies created, and so he himself sends two spies to go to Yerichah. Right? So what is going on here? Why is he doing that? Second of all, he says, uh, So, let me just say, Ruiz Oritz, Yericho was part of the land. What's unique about Yericho? So, they go to the house of an Isha Zaina named Rochov, they sleep there, and they come back after one night, and they tell him, okay, we've been to Yericho, we can conquer Eretz Yisrael." So, what's going on over here? There's a lot of cautious what, what the issue is. So I just want to share with That's you... What the goal was? What was the goal, what was the objective, what did they accomplish? The bear Moshe is the Ostrovsky Rebbe. So he has his uh, perish on, on Novi. So in his perish on Yeshua, he says a fascinating thing. He says, for Shtetsach, they were not going to spy out the land... Because uh, they felt, you know, how are we going to conquer the land? We have to know. Listen, HaKadosh Baruch promised Yeshua, I'm going to help you, I'll be with you, Je'chazak ve'emotz, and I'm going to be with you. Yeshua wasn't, this was not a spying mission like the Miraglim. What was the Pshat? The Pshat was that, and, and why did they go to Rokh HaZonim? And it's also Mashma, they went and they, masqueraded as people selling pottery. That's why it says that, that, that they were meradley cheresh. Cherish, the cherish, they sold sell, they sell pottery. So what does that have to do with everything? So I'll call upon him. See, he says that this uh, battle over here, this Muhammad, Yeshua was trying to win, was not a battle of Gashmias. It was a ruchmias a battle. And he says that in in everything mm-hmm. in the world, there's something called a klipa. A klipa is a shell. So just like you understand, you want to eat, a, you want to eat pistachios, you've got to get rid of the shell, right? So too, everything has a klipa of Gashmi or a klipa of Tumah, that prevents you from entering into it. The klipa around Eretz Yisro was Eureka. Eureka was that city that represented the klipa of Tuma, that was like a wall around Eretz Yisroh that had to be, uh, it had to be penetrated in order for Klal Yisroh to enter Eretz Yisro and and uh, instill the Kedusha. Did things happen in the make us think that way? So, so, first of all, um, you'll see, they knew that this is where it's at. They knew this is where you have to fight the first battle for Kedusha, right? And so, the Russian of the Pesach later on in Sefer Yeshua is by v'atavru as <laughs> hayarden, v'atavoyu al yirichoi, by yilochem b'hem bala yirichoi. Who are the bala yirichoi? The Pesachus who are moiru, the aprizu, the aknani, the achiti, the akirgoshi, the achiv, the yevusi. All the nations they are called bala yirichoi. the Pshat? There's something about yirichoi. That says something about Eretz role. So they come to 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 the, the house of Rochav Hazoina, of all places for these guys to hang out, and they come to her house, and the lashon of the Tosik is. Um, Says, right? Her house was in the wall, and she lived in that house. So, the Peshat is Hazei. The Pesach says, The wall of Yerichoi is where Rochav lived. Yerichoi had seven walls. Seven walls represent seven kleedbos of Tumma that surrounded Eretz Yisrael. All of the Tumma was centered within Ruch of Hazayim. She started plying her trade when Tlael Yisrael left Mitzrayim. And for 40 years that they were in the Midbor, she was mezanah with every single... If you wanted to be a melech in Eretz Yisrael, you had to be mezanah with her. That was like... That was, was like a uh, giver. You had to have a her, And she was mezana from people outside the wall and inside the wall. And she created such a klipa of tumah around Eretz Yisrael. The mission of Kalev and Pinchas, who were the Meraglin, was to go there and take away that klipa of tumah. How did they do that? By purifying Rocha, by getting rid of the tumah within her. She had within herself a certain level of Kedusha. He draws him say that she was actually a Nitzus of the Neshama of Tamar. So I looked it up in the Shafer had and it's brought down in Voracious Rabbin in several places. So, the uh, strange thing these Golgulim, who they end up with, but I'll call upon him. And she. You ha- there's a whole Shafer had Gulgulam. Sure. Yeah. The, the Arizona right? And then there's a uh-huh. So you can check out who's a Gilgal of whom. You never know what you might find out about yourself. <laughs> <I'll go on. laughs> so I'll go So their mission was to take away that Tuma. And I have to understand, the, the level of Tuma, uh, of Rochav, was such. It said, Shmo Rochav, because I'll say... Just by saying her name, people were moitzizera. That's what she represented. She represented such a koyach of Tuma that that was the klipa. And see, these two people have to go to her and have no hir huren, and by their very presence to take away the, the koyach of Tuma within her. And so they come to her and there's no, they have no and no nothing and, and the imamish unay malochim. And so Overnight, she's transformed, and she says to them. Um, the says she said things that no one ever said. That Hashem is the King of Mitochas. Right, and so. And, and she became a Navuya. She she shed navuya. She said, "You run this way. They're going to chase you for three days, and then they're going to come back." How did she know this? She became so coherent, She achieved such a level of kedusha overnight. She said she said they were Eventually, she married Yeshua, right? and she had children who became and kedoyim. And she she achieved a tremendous madrega. you see agavurcha? What a person can achieve and how a person can change. But their mission was not a mission to spy the land like the, 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 the Yidden in this week's parasha. The, the, their, their mission was Their mission was that they had to uh, uh, neutralize the Koyach of Toba to break that klipah. So they finally came back and they said to Yeshua, kol oritz, kam kol yeshua et So they found out from her that people are trembling, that people are scared. But they also knew, and now we can conquer the land. We got rid of that khlipah. We destroyed that khlipah of Yerichai. Now you just have to blow the shaytra into the world. how were those people chosen? Kolev was chosen because he, uh, he had... So he And Pinchas, who was a like a malach, was also, they were both people who were so kodesh that they would be impervious to that kedusha, they, but they had to. It was Mesiris nefesh on their part. They were risking their whole kedusha. They were willing to go and to accomplish this. So this was the, the mission that they had to accomplish. And that's that's what they went to do. But the emblems is like this. Everybody has a klipa. We we have a klipa called our chitsoinius, and we have to to deal with our chitsoinius. And it could be that that was also... I once heard a vort. Ephraim Waxman said, <coughs> uh, this was a drush he gave to his bochram. I don't know if he would say this for Rabin, like he would say to his, his talmidim in yeshiva, but I, I thought it was a very gishmak vort. So he said that, when you see at sorrow that everybody started to cry, right? There was a point where everybody started to cry, and Hashem said, bechisa shalchinam. I'm going to give you what to cry about, right? So, what's the Bechina Shalchinam? They were just told that we're going to go to Erez, and we're going to be wiped out. Why is it Bechina Shalchinam? What's the Bechina Shalchinam? So, he says, if you take a look at the Parsha, the Parsha says that the (laughs) Shomra Inu was Hanafila B'nei Anok Minam Anfila we were in our eyes like grasshoppers, and that's the way we were in their eyes. So Rashi says, how did they know what the what the Canaan saw them as? So Rashi says, There are ants in the vineyard that, that look like people. And at that point, Batista Kolei, that's when they started to cry. He says, well, What are they crying about? Why now are they crying? So he says, If, if you were to, they said we have ants in the vineyard that look like people. You know, if you poured yourself a bowl of cereal and all of a sudden you discovered three Hasidim doing the Kazatsk in your cereal bowl, right? So what would you say? you say, mm-hmm. wow, take a look. Three Hasidim in my cereal, they're as tiny as ants, right? You wouldn't say, Rabboi Sait, nochamol, ants in the cereal. Grada, look Hasidish, right? You wouldn't <laughs> say it that way. You would say, there are ants and they are people in the cereal that are very tiny, right? You know, uh, uh, you know whatever it is, they're coming, you know, that's the easier mm-hmm. way to get to mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. That's why you know, you know, they ship themselves in a cereal box, right? I'll call upon them. The, 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 the Yesoid is that they they recognized that Canaanim looked at us as tiny people. They don't even look at us as people, look at us as ants. And they started to cry. In other words, you were crying because they measured you by your guf, not by your neshama. That's b'chiyah shalchina. That's like crying that someone took your nickel and gave you a dime because the nickel is bigger. right? You don't understand that you, you have something of greater value. In a certain sense... You have a neshoma. The neshoma takes you to the kisei hakoveh. The neshoma lives forever. The neshoma is dovak And you're crying because your, your goof is not like a linebacker for the Ravens. That's what you're crying about, right? You you are in a neshoma. The goof is just a clipper that surrounds you. And klali saw the mistake that they had, and that's the mistake. Of all the years in, in Ghost. that's the mistake that leads to the Churban when we don't recognize the reality that our Ekor is our Nesham, not our prayer. That's the, and that's really the the Mishnah in in Pirkei Yizos, the Mishnah third parak, rather right? think this week's parak. is the Devorim, the You should look at three things, and you won't do an Aveira. So the Mishnah says, Dame ayin Bosor, Then it says, So everyone asked the Kasha that the Mishnah was very redundant. The Mishnah is supposed to be Bekitzer. And here the Mishnah goes to a whole owner It says, why does it say it so many times? You know, if you were making the full time publication of the Archbishop of Mishnayiz, right, we would have just you know, one line, right? Why do I have to say it twice? So the Forsham say that uh, it's an Alshif that says Peshat the Mishnah like this. Others say that the side is that the Avisel, I think, also says like this: that the Mishnah is addressing the neshama, and then it's addressing the goof. May Iin bosa, word doesn't say right away. Metipas ruchah. The Mishnah says it's Mayin bosa. Why not to First of all, Mayin bosa, you come, you have a neshama, you come from the Kisei hakafed, and where are you going? going back to the You're going back to the Kisei hakafed. You're going back to the bain And who cares what you do? Hakadosh Baruch Hu cares. So the neshama, you have to know how choshev the neshama is, where it comes from and where it's going and who's worried about it. You have neshama, that's who you are. If you don't understand that and you think you're is a goof that has some chashivas, you come from a tippus rufa, and you're going to a mochum rim of the Seleya and you're going to pay a price for everything you did wrong, right? So that's the now we Second is we talk to the neshama, right? So a person has to know that the iqar is your neshama. That's who you are. So that's the... That's the Yisoyi that maybe the Miraglim went wrong on, Kalal Yisro went wrong on, and this leads to terrible, terrible solbonus. Through the lyrics, It's the forgetting what our Tavket is, forgetting what our real essence is, who we really are, and losing ourselves in the challenges of Elam And That's, that's an Yisoyim. But I saw that the Morris starts off, and the, 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 the Foreshims start off, and they say that, the hemshich between the end of B'haloyscha and the beginning of Shlachlocha is that these people saw what happened to Miriam So they asked Akasha, "What do you mean? They saw Miriam got rise, and they didn't take Musar. She said something about her brother, and they're talking about a piece of land. Why should they take Musar? What's the is one to the other? Right? They said something. She said talked about Moshe Rabbeinu." Whatever she said, but she's talking about Moshe Rabbeinah, we're talking about pieces piece of real estate. How do you compare the two? So if Sepshat. That, that's not the, that's not the, the lesson they should have learned. The final Miriam was, why did you see the negative and you could have seen the positive? You're looking at your brother, you say, why did he separate from his wife? You know, we're all Senevium. So why, why are you separating from your wife? If she would have looked at it the right way. She would have said, "My brother is Moshe Rabbeinu." He's had seen at forty days without eating. He talks Porchu day and night. The he can't stay with his wife. He has to be ready to to talk Porchu any second. And that's why it says in the post "Hashem appeared to the pisoim right? right away." Is it they weren't ready? They needed they needed a mikveh. Right? Hashem is telling them very simply. Now you understand. You get it now. Wait, wait. So. so but she should have seen that. Why did you look at the, the his chisor? Look at the Milo. Look who he is. Same thing, you looked at Eretz Yisroel. You saw so many Simonim to see the godless Aboyre. You saw Levius all day long, right? Everyone's, you know, what's going on over here? Instead of saying it's Eretz Echelos you could have said, you have 12 spies going to a land, right? That's not the way. When I was in the Mossad, we didn't send a million of people to go spy out, right? You send one guy masquerading as some, you know, a guy selling hashish in the in the local college, and you were the spy, right? And, and you don't have twelve guys coming to a city and say, you know, Shalom Aleichem, we're here to spy, and they were walking around the country, and so Kurdish Baruch Hu was protecting them. This you know, bias and this and that, everything they saw. Because they, they, they didn't see the, 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 the positive, they saw the negative. That was the time. The challenge is to always see the good. So it's a Moiradika Marsha in Mosech the Shabbos. Uh, I saw it the first time now. And just a uh, famous story in, in, in the Shabbos talking about Hilo. Hilo, Anderson So it talks about different things that Hilo, the Shamite people went to Hilo. And they went to Shammai, and he asked him to teach me why I'm standing on one foot. They threw him out the window, comes to Hillel, and he teaches him to one foot. Turn, lost so the Gemara tells over that these people had a bet if they can get Hillel angry. So the guy goes to the bathhouse, where Hillel is taking his, his bath, and um, he says, is Hillel here? So Hillel comes out in the middle, and he says, yes, can I help you, my son? So he says, uh, I was wondering why... Uh, the heads of the Babylonians are round. Says, oh, you're asking such a question. Then right? he says, because the um, the, the, you know, the midwives are not very well trained, so their heads are whatever, round or whatever it is. And so, um, that then, okay, so comes back uh, a little bit later, and he says, I have a, I have a very important Mishael to ask. So he says, um, ask my son. So he says, Why are the people from Tarmog their eyes are like slanted? They live in a sandy area, so they shouldn't get the sand. Why do have feet? They live by swamps, so therefore their feet are wider. He says, I'm afraid, so he says, ask whatever you want. So the Marsha says that Hillel, who was such an honor and such an eye in he looked at the Shilas, as you saw, you the of shilas. it wasn't just that he's played a game with the guy. He heard in the Shilas, the guy is asking something very deep, and he saw <coughs> that the Shilas, he was being Muramis to Midas that Bilam had. It says the Talmidim of Bilam, Ruach Gevoya, Nefesh Rehova, and Ayin Ra. So he, he felt that these Shilas were connected, the Talmidim of Hillel. So he said, "Why do they have, why are their heads round?" So he felt they were asking, why are they baing daiva. So he said um, he said,Why is it? Um, why is it that way? So he said, that the highest not means mean to say that they're not they're, they're not trained they're not raised properly and male are they so the next question was why are the eyes of Tamudium slanted so he thought he was asking them, why the people of Talmud have slanted eyes meaning why do they have an eye in ra and so uh, some say because they, their eyes are looking at women, therefore they have the type of his so he said um Ein Hashem. He, says, he answered to him because they live with there's a lot of choyl. in other words, where people live with the with hu with with, with and therefore that's why they they're that way anyway why the Africans have white legs. He represented Nepe So he said they live in Bitsay Mayim. So he said they live amongst the Goyim who oive bets are. They want profit, they want money. That's Bitsay Mayim. And therefore, so the bottom line is what the Marshall's learning shot over here is that Hillel just saw everything in such a positive way that this guy is a Nudnik coming to ask him to to make a bet with somebody. And Hillel saw in everything he said. That Mamashino, you know, and he was asking Yehvaldik, and so that was the quality of Ayin Toiv that Hillel had. So that's what they didn't have. They they should have learned from Miriam that she learned the lesson. She should have she should have judged her brother <clears throat> in a positive way. She saw something and she judged it negatively, but she could have judged it positively. That's the way they should have looked at Eretz Yisrael. Uh, I may have told you the story in the past with Belzareba, Meiser with. Uh, this Yid came to Bell's for Shuas. and um, he had been you know, away from his family, he was malamed, he was raising money to you know, keep his family afloat, and he had his wad of money that he was going to bring home with him, and he comes to Bell's and he goes to, say, show to the Rebbe for Yontid, and he comes back to wherever he was staying and his money was stolen. So he's going crazy. This is his money. This is his income for the last few months. What's he going to do? How is he going to go home to his family? He runs back to the Belzer Rebbe. So the Belzer Rebbe says to his God, get me big Moish. The big Moish comes and the Rebbe says, Moish, find the gun. So Moish is, since when my detective? He said, now. Right now. You became a detective. I want you to find it. So Moish is no fool. He understands... Uh, you know he doesn't know how to find the Ghana, but he knows that there's always a you know rebbes that come for Yontif to the Belzer Rebbe you know, these are the lesser rebbes show up to you know to prop with the Belzer Rebbe they sit with him by the tish and you know they're, they they so so he, he 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 looks and he sees oh here comes the Aboprafine Rebbe and so he uh, must can help me out it's for the Rebbe so he asks the Rebbe, the oh, Haligah Rafina, could I be your shamus, be my cover to be your shamus? And so he takes him to the mikveh, he helps him with his clothing, you know, and uh, helps him get his boots back on. And he walks him back to his room and he helps him get dressed and put on, you know, his yantedikka clothing. And after they're finished, he stands by the door, he says, I'm not letting the Rebbe out of the room until he tells me who stole Yem's money. The Rebbe says, this is a shigan. How am I supposed to know who stole the money? He says, You're a rebbe, you gotta know everything. So he says, well, what, are you, what are you talking about? He says, You're not leaving this room until you tell me who stole the money. He says, Okay, listen, I'll tell you, but you can't tell anybody else. He says, Okay. He says, it's this and this yid? Guy goes to that yid, he picks him up off the floor, shakes him up, says, Give me the money, or I'll kill you. And you know, whatever he tells him, right? So the guy gives him back the money. He goes back to the Rebbe. He says, mission accomplished. So the Rebbe says, so how did you find out? So he says, I can't tell you. He says, what do you mean you can't tell me? <laughs> tell me. He says, I, I, I can't tell He says, if you don't tell me, you get the Nobel Prize. Tell me. So he says to him, okay, it was the... I heard this from the Abba the Helic Abba And so the next day by the tish, after... Uh, you know, Shavuos in the afternoon, Shavuos night, whatever it is, the, the, the elder Rebbe turns to the Abografin and says, How did you find out that this guy was the Ghaner? He says, you yeah, know, Rebbe, I, I can read a kvittel, when I came to give you Shalom, I peeked into the guy in front of me and I see <coughs> the Ghaner in Kvittel and I said, I know how to read a kvittel. And I was able to feel that he was a Ghaner. So when the when Moish asked me to find the garment, I put two and two together. So the Rebbeles Rebbe said to him, "I have a bigger Moishe's." He said, "What's that?" He says, "In my entire life, I never saw anything negative in another yid. I couldn't have caught the garment because I can't see bad in the yid. Can't so, Mamela, this is this is the mind. You have to be able to have an eye in toy. Have to see the good. They say the Bill's a rebbe when he came there to sure. I don't know if it was the same rebbe, but he was exposed to chil shabbos. He started off living in in uh, Tel Aviv, was Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. Yeah. and people would drive cars on shabbos. And he, every time a car drove by, he said, "Mazel tov. <laughs> They said, "What's the Mazel tov?" He said, stomach are Going to the hospital to have a baby. Oh. And he, one shabbos, a truck drove by. They said, "Rebbe, it's a truck." So, who said you can't go to the hospital in a truck? <laughs> I, you, know, <laughs> I, you know, so that was that was a remedy. You know, everything had to be so. So, this is an akuda that uh, to, to look at everything with an eye in is is a there's a miser that I saw about a year, of Doiv Sokolovsky. It was a Russian sheep in a place called Toiv the Doiv Sokolovsky. He was a Russian aristocrat, he was the son-in-law of Rabramsvi Kamay, who was the based in the Mir. And so uh, he was an Ottoman godlord, very Khosh of the Yid. So he told over this story. He told over the story. There was a Yid in the Mir. It was a Gvir. His business was that he dealt with sheep, sold sheep, cattle, whatever. So um, at one point then, and he was a very, very wealthy man. At one point, he decided to go to Lerit Yisrael. It was a big deal those days. he did would travel to Eretz You know, the Tamil of the Goyin went to Eretz Yisroel initially, and they, they was very hard, but they not one of them would say a word connected to Eretz But they they muched but they they tried to build the issue in Eretz Yisroel. He went there to Eretz a few months later. He's back in the mirror, and so uh, everyone's asking, "How was it? What was it like?" He says, "Tonight, uh, you know, tonight by davening after Meyer I'll tell him, You know, I'll speak to everyone." So after Maariv, he gets up and he starts telling you, "Eretz and he was Zoyche to go to the, you know, go to the Kever and Marzah and I don't know if you went to the Kaisel but, it, and, but then he says, "Life in Eretz was so difficult, so difficult. The Nias is terrible, and this is that. They have problems with the Arabs and problems with the Turks, and this and that." And the end, he says, "Zog." He says, Well I can tell you, voice I design a sheep in a mirror than to be a in So he said that, and the people laughed, and all of a sudden his face like shrunk and he started making noises like a sheep. And from then on he couldn't speak. From then on the rest of his life, he lost his power to speak, mm-hmm. acted very strange. The doctor said this is not a normal sickness, this is something off the chart. And this is from this he says over, he remembers walking by his house, the guy was just sitting on his porch looking at people, no shaykhs to anything. he said, he, he spoke Russian Horner to Saron. That was it. From that moment on, he couldn't talk anymore. So, Moir de Gazach. But um, just want show one more quick machshava. that uh, what did it, the Svarim say? How do you understand the people of this caliber could fool so could fool so badly? They were they were cool kulei like Rashi bnei Yisroel. They were they were who tremendously high mitreger. They were Rashi Is not at the time and they were cool kulei like, and Moshe chose them. It was Moshe chose that they were handpicked because they were gedoy leYisroel and they were all nitchal. So how do you understand such a that? So. You mean what's the Sahara, or what was their weakness? Well, wait. So, well, yeah, how does it happen? Right, and it was their weakness. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But there's a moment of that Rabbi Rucham explains that gives us an insight. Shimon HaTzadik was the Kohen god for 40 years. When he was nifter, he appointed his son Chonyah to be the Kohen Gadol. Now, he handpicked Chania to be the Kohen Gadol, even though Chania was a younger son. He had a son, Shimon. But Chania was a Talat Chacham, an Oden Gadol, a Tzadik. And he said he should be the Kohen Gadol. So Chania was an Oden Gadol. And when he was picked to be the Kohen Gadol, he said, I have an older brother. I'm going to be Nevate and make my brother the Kohen Gadol. So it was a tremendous act of serious Nefesh, because his father chose him. Klai chose him and he felt bad for his brother. He was movat there on his life's dream to give it to his brother, like a mice rochol and What happened was, when his brother was ready to serve as the kayingadol, his brother didn't know much. He taught him whatever he knew. He said to him, your first day in a void, you have to dress like this. And he gave him a lady's dress and a lady's uh, shawl or whatever. And he comes to the base of Middash the first day, and they're ready to kill him. He says, what are you doing? So we said, my brother dressed me. So they thought that Chanya was behind it. They chased Chanya. They wanted to kill him. And he ran to Alexandria. And he opened up his own base megdish there. And he's bringing Karbonis Chutzla, Chutzla What happened over here? What, what happened to this person? The terrence is that obviously on one level Chanya achieved a tremendously high Madreya. But he didn't realize that within himself he still had midas, that he didn't take care of yet. And he, he, so a person always has to watch his Yetzirah, right? A person person is oblivious, you're fighting the battle Yetzirah 24-7. If you become complacent and you don't realize the battle is going on, you're in trouble he thought he had achieved this high level of godless. He's the kohen his He's moiser nephew to give it to his brother. But what he did was he pushed down his desire to be the kohen godal. And he didn't realize he has to guard it. And so when you push down on the spring very hard, it pops up and it explodes. But he His desire to be the kohen godal, which he, you know, he, he, he gave it up, but he didn't realize the Yetzirah was waiting for this opportunity. And at that moment, banged, it, you know, he, he lost it. Uh, he gave up everything, but he didn't hold back the Yetzirah. He didn't realize that there's a danger every second. The Meragun, deep inside, they were afraid they're going to lose their position of prestige. But they went to Eretz Yisrael as, as tzaddikah. But deep beneath, beneath the surface, there was lurking this Yetzirah, this, this desire for covet. And thinking that they were on a Madrega, that they didn't have to worry about anything, the right? When you when you somehow you, you feel somehow I can uh, rest on my laurels. I can have a certain. The Yetzirah grabs you. The Yetzirah is waiting for any moment of weakness. You have to realize that you know who or right that the, the Yetzirah is awake. He doesn't. He doesn't sleep. He's awake twenty four seven, waiting for the moment of weakness. And very often, when a person is achieving a high level, when you're at this peak level of greatness, that's when the Yetzirah can come and say, Oh, you think you made it? Now you're relaxing. Now, now I can copy you." And so, you have to realize that sometimes the, the Meraglim were in such a high level. On the other hand, Koliv and Yehoshua were challenged. They say that Kolev was from Shevet Yehuda. Ye- Yehuda was when he sold. Uh, told the Yakov Yosef was guilty of saying Russian Hor about his brothers, so Yeshua came from Yosef and came from Yehuda. knew they had better be careful. Everyone else felt we're good to go. You know what's the problem? And that's when the Eitzor got involved. So the Eitzor is very schwer. There was a mice with Ramea from Premishlan. He was once riding in a wagon with his, with his aide, the Mordre, the uh, Kareminitz. And um, suddenly the horses went wild. And um, they were about to drive the wagon off a cliff. And um, so the son listens to the mayor. Let's just jump out of the wagon before we end up <coughs> on the trip. And so the mayor, from said, "No, just you. Just pull the reins. Just grab the horses as hard as you can and pull them back." And so he grabs the reins and he pulls back the horses, and they manage to, to, to veer to the right direction, and things are good. So he turns around to give a yasher to the shvair and a wagon suddenly hits a rock or something and falls over, and both of them fall out of the wagon, the wagon falls on top of them. So the mayor from Premishlan turns to his son-in-law, and he says, I think we should have been careful all the time, because sometimes when you, when you let go of the reins, and you think now is good, that's, right? You have to be mefahiton, you have to be on guard constantly. Because the second you let go, you never know what can happen. So this could be, uh, let's say that's the. You have to realize the, <laughs> the k'ayich of the Yetzir Hora. Never underestimate the k'ayich. Even with the people as great as the Moroccan, the Yetzir was able to get himself in. And so, Allah has come the of, We have to be careful for ourselves. That uh, the Yetzir is leaving. So we have to go back to Eretz Yisro forever.